This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Modern Geek Podcast number 70, recorded January 14th, 2013. I'm Chuck. And I'm Juan. And welcome back to Modern Geek. Number 70, which we have delayed a little bit. Oh, yeah, because, you know, it's the holidays and we still are taking care of stuff. So it's been nice. Not to to mention the the way down there that I had the uh, two days of travel to (laughs) to get down to visit you. (laughs) Yeah, we had a couple things to take care of. I think a lot of times people don't realize how much is behind even this basic little tiny microscopic podcast network of ours there's like a ton of infrastructure and crap and sometimes you got to just take a little time and square it all away again because it it's you know what it is it just slowly comes apart (laughs) all the time (laughs) and you like herd it back together anyway so Mm -hmm. that being said i'm really excited to get back into this damn right so we got some fun stuff right off the top here i i'll tell you what off this list i want to talk first about uh about google voice and the messages replacement and some of the other cool crap Mm. we're doing with google voice right now well yeah there i really am trying very hard to have google voice be the the replacement to iMessages. But it it still falls short in a couple places. What's well, not meant for it? I mean, there's no why. It's uh, Google yeah. Voice is is a kick ass uh, SMS slash uh, slash voicemail slash call forwarder slash you know everything to do with your phone and basic stuff like that system. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it, it it's not BlackBerry Messenger. That's not BlackBerry Suck. You know, which is yeah. what Messages is. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and you know, as for anybody who may picks, maybe picks this up as their first podcast, uh, you know, in the last one, we, we had picked up some Android devices and we were using them and intermixing them with kind of a combined uh, Apple slash Android, you know, ecosystem for uh, communicating with each other and our family and friends. Riding that fence. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if for no other reason, then, you know, trying to jump in and see what we can figure out in terms of uh, how somebody might want to move back and forth between the two, including us. Hmm. And, uh, oh man, that's messages is actually one of the tough ones. If, if you're used to being in the Apple ecosystem with friends who are on messages, messages solves a whole lot of problems. They just go away. You can, the key, key functionality here and tell me what I miss, right? Okay. You can, uh, uh, you can use it on all your devices, your phone, your tablet, your your laptop, your desktop, and you can see the messages in all of them. You can respond to the messages in all of them. Yeah. Uh, send images, receive images, all that good stuff across any of the devices. Yeah. So this this solves problems, for example, with Juan being in Canada and me being in the U.S. Uh, obviously, we're not SMSing back and forth because we don't well, that, like spending a quarter on it. Well, and that, that's, the, that's the other side of that coin is that a lot of people's solution to this, if they were not using desktop for messaging as well, and if they were US to US, would be like, well, you just use SMS and MMS and there's no difference. Just move on, guys. But 
Yeah, you know, across the border, it's twenty cents a text message and fifty-five cents a picture message. It's not exactly the cheapest way of doing it. No. And, and here's the thing, you know, so you, you, you've got a, a variety of possible replacements. You know, you've got, uh, uh, you have, like you said, SMS and uh, and uh, and everything related. Yeah, and all, that, all of those kind of plugins like Text Plus and all, all that stuff. Right. Uh, not so much. You've got WhatsApp. Uh, WhatsApp what, is the one I really w- wish would work on iPads tablets and desktop right the trick with it of course is that because whatsapp ties to in order to do cross uh you know in in order to handle um registration they use the uh the phone number you have to have an smsable phone number to hook them to right we were were talking about this while i was down there what did we figure that that what, what the reason was was it like i know i i had brought up that maybe it was just it's it's easiest to to program like it's a unique identifier that so that way only yeah. one device is tied That's to it. one. No, what it comes down to connection. Right? Yeah, exactly. They don't. I, I'm guessing, and they don't say. But the reason that they you have to be sim tied, you know, yeah. is that uh, I think they don't want to deal with the complexity of you know receiving a message on multiple devices and telling whether it's read or not and responding and keeping them in sync and everything. Yeah, I mean, the unique identifier makes it really easy to create a sync service because you know that only one device is connected right. at the time. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to think about that. So uh, so that is the issue. If you just want to use your phone, then you're, you're good. Just use WhatsApp. It, it works really well across uh, uh, Apple and Android and, and no problem. I, I would recommend it. I yeah. mean, more than anything. It's definitely. very well developed. And I it's mean, ubiquitous, too. Like, everybody, it's the number, it was the, like, think, like the number one or number two app on on the free app store for uh, iOS, and and it was quite up there on uh, on Android for 2012. So, I mean, everyone has it. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, there are there are some other possibilities, and I'm trying to remember the name of it now. And this is what happens when you don't uh, uh, very carefully lay out these ahead of time. Um, <laughs> There, Stop pointing out that we're flying by the seat of our pants it. on this topic. We're, we're not. We talked about this forever. We just got a little yeah, bit yeah. Uh, busy. Uh, anyway, there is a a soon to launch uh, app which is is pretty pretty slick, which gives you the ability to uh, you install it on your phone. And, and of course, the trick here is you got to be running an Android phone. But you install it on the phone, and it essentially captures SMS, pushes it to a server, which pushes it across the apps. It uses a phone as a text proxy. Yes. Yeah. So, so the idea being that as long as you have it installed on one of the phones, on your phone, and your phone is on, which is not really a problem for me, um, right. it's, you can use it on your phone and your tablet and your desktop and everywhere else. And, and it's, it's not a bad idea. The problem with that... Uh, is that there's no Apple equivalent. So you, you're stuck if you want to go across. The other limitation to that, which is a problem, is that uh, it it actually uses SMS. Now, while that's cool for the carriers and everything, and if you're all in the U.S. and you're not communicating with anyone outside the U.S., this is fine for you because uh, you can get a low text plan. I mean, I have one. They're, they're, they give them away now. Well, everyone gives you unlimited text at this point. For nothing, yeah. Was, or with something bundled with something you have to have. <laughs> you probably have it. <laughs> yes, you probably do. And if you don't, you can ask and get it. So, um 
but but of course for Juan and I we're screwed. That that locks us out. The well, other that, one I was gonna say that that's one of the reasons why I started using Google Voice to to communicate with certain people that right. didn't have iPhones. I said, Well, text me at this number or the Google Voice number that I had activated as a US number and then that way there wouldn't be those uh, those overages and then that just meant that I had to be using like a GV Mobile Plus on my uh, on my uh, iPhone to Yeah to- so let's let's kind of let's kind of lay that out as well for somebody who's maybe not already using any of this uh, Google Voice uh, not intended necessary for this sort of use but does do SMS uh, and by that, I mean, you can get a Google Voice number, which will be a, uh, a number that people can call and it'll come right into Google Voice. If, if somebody SMSs to that Google Voice number, it comes into the Google Voice system. Um, you can receive those via the Google Voice app uh, on the iPhone. Uh, or even via another cell phone, actually. You can have it send it to another SMS oh yeah. number. I mean, this is Google Voice here. You can forward it. You can store <laughs> it. You can mishmash it in all sorts of ways. Uh, there is uh, One was pretty sharp here and put together a way to get this across all the devices. For example, on, uh, on the well, iPhone. Android is real easy. Yeah, Android, in. Google Voice. Yeah. Just install it. It works great. There, there's a Google Voice app for uh, Android phones and tablets there is a uh, google voice app for the iphone there if is, you're in the u.s it is correct. it is region bound on that one there is a there's an app called gv plus which works on tablets uh, on the GV ipad plus, yeah. and uh, works fine on uh, and is available in canada and elsewhere we would assume i, I liked it i liked its interesting way of doing push messages by uh yes. setting up the uh you can basically have Google Voice email you when you receive a text message or a voice message on Google Voice. And what they do is they say, here's a unique email address to register there. And then it, you register it. It sends you the confirmation number to it and, it, and the service sends it back to you. You register it, and then it uses that email notification as push notifications, which actually work really well. It sounds Rube Goldberg, and, you know, normally... Chuck, Chuck, Chuck didn't want to install it. He's like, I, this sounds a little screwy, man. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to work. Well, and, you know, like I said, it sounded really Rube Goldberg to me. I'm like, man, you know, something's going to break in that. But the trick is, this is Google we're talking about. So the email notifications are damn instantaneous because, yeah. let's face it, they can do that. So well, you know, running the biggest email service <laughs> in the world. You think they'd have they, something they like that down. Out, you know, yeah. especially if you send it to, I don't know, your Gmail account. Just a thought. <laughs> Go figure. So, uh, yeah, anyway, it uh, it works really well. It's it. And and then there's an app called uh, what'd you call it? it growl, was, yeah, Growl Voice. Which, despite the fact that it's uh, it, it uh, has Growl in the in the name, it does work with notifications, uh, notification center on uh, on uh, OS ten. Uh, yeah, thank you. I'm I'm slow today. A couple of things. It started out today. as a Growl app, and then it uh, and then it exactly uh, as even, as notifications. Even Growl about. works with notification center now. So. Uh, it, it's kind of a, if you can imagine, it's like uh, in your status bar, you get this nice little uh, little icon. You can click on it. It drops down and shows you what you would normally see in your Google Voice inbox. Yeah. Um, so texts come in there. Uh, if you have voicemail and other things set up, it comes in there. Uh, you can click on them. Uh, incidentally, if you get voicemail through it, uh, you can double click on it. You can play your voicemail right out of it. Yeah, it's actually useful even if you're just using the voicemail service. And I believe there's an equivalent for Windows called a GV Notifier. 
that's kind of a very similar thing. It's just a simple pop up message, kind of here's your here's your latest text messages and that kind of thing. So, yeah, good stuff. Uh, if for, if for nothing else, if you use Google Voice at all, it's a cool app to have for uh, uh, you know for the desktop or your laptop or both. I think it was two or three bucks on the App Store. Oh hell yeah, well worth yeah, it. Totally worth it. So uh, we started using these, and uh, we played around with them. You know, we and we're still kind of forcing ourselves to use them sometimes. Um, sometimes, <laughs> but but the truth is, e- even even now, it is a little kludgy because uh, obviously you don't have the the slick smoothness that you get of uh, with messages. There's no way to send images via. Yeah, that, that's a big one is normally I can just, you know, it's like if one of us says, what are you talking about? Just send an image in context and it makes sense. And you could get around that by saying, OK, check your email. I sent you a picture, sure. but it's it's not quite as seamless. And and like the 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 uh, GV Mobile Plus app has a couple quirks. Like if you go back into the app and you have a conversation open, you need to back out for it to refresh and then it goes back yeah. and then it does update and you have to. Clergy. I would also make sure to set you exactly set your default for the text inbox, not the normal inbox, because the text one is the one that auto updates when you launch. And right, you know, it's it's all these little caveats that make it work about, you know, 90 percent of the way there. But it's still kind of I think I'll just go use messages if you have it available. I mean, now now we're forcing ourselves to do this. So when we win or if we decide we want to you know, leave the Apple ecosystem, we can, uh, you know, we can deal with it. But in the meantime, it's admittedly using both. I mean, it's very tempting to go use messages because it really works well. Um, well, I, 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 yeah, I would say I still prefer to use messages. And to be honest, ever since I came back to Canada, we've just been using messages for the most part. But if messages went away tomorrow, I think for the most part, we, we would survive off of this. Yeah. And, uh, in, you know, Google, if you're listening, which you're not, I'm sure, I, man, that's it's a big deal. I think it, a messages replacement, especially from you. I mean, man, God, I, if there's I would one use company that. that could do it. It would be Google. And, it? you know, I would use it. I would even if I was still using an Apple device, I would find a way to abandon the existing one and use yours. You know, well, and what's funny is it almost feels like this part of Google voice is kind of um, just kind of fell to the background for a while. Oh, it has. I mean, it's, it's no. one of those ones that if they went you know, let's take another bite out of another market. They could just update the apps a little bit, tweak it, and get MMS working, which is probably not that big Honestly, of a deal. it is a big deal, and I, I looked into this a little bit. And I think, oh, that, really? that, yeah, the trick is that MMS is an individual negotiation with each provider. Now, right. the drive was so large, and I don't know if you remember this, but when MMS first started to become more common, like it wasn't just that, oh, you know, you could theoretically. It was more like, man, lots of people have cameras on their phones now. And, uh, you know, this was, I don't know, early 2000s, right? Yeah. And and uh, people had cameras enough that they really wanted to use MMS. And it was it was a pisser because it didn't work cross-service all the time. And they, oh, I didn't know that. there was such a demand for this. Uh, I had forgotten, thankfully, <laughs> you know, there was such a demand for it that they really kind of were forced to work out deals with each other and make that crap work, you know, and those deals are all in place and they're not willing. And to- when Google comes along and is essentially like, Hey, they're like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. 
You know? We're already stealing away a whole lot of your SMS. <laughs> What's uh, the motivation? Overages. You know? uh, yeah. We're not really sure what that motivation is. And I don't know. Maybe it's to sell big ass expensive handsets. We'll see. Whatever it is, I, I wish them well because, uh, damn it, I want to see them do it because I yeah. want to use it. I, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I would love for them to get it in place. I think if I were to go away from the iPhone today, I would probably use being in Canada, but having a, a large majority of my contacts in the States, I would probably have a kind of a split, a split setup where I would have, you know, say WhatsApp running for most of my like Canadian contacts and, and then, you know, the like Google voice or something for my, uh, for my American side of right, things, right, right, kind of right. straddle straddle the fence there a little bit because you know that's the other thing is that Google Voice technically isn't in Canada. It's only because I maintain a, a U.S. phone that I'm able to register it as a U.S. number. So it, it's it's like just almost there. Come on, guys. By the way, the uh, the one we were talking about is called Mighty Text. Oh, right, Mighty yes, Text. Yes. Absolutely, and Mighty- it'll be interesting to see what happens with them because that could turn out all right. Well, yeah, and uh, so far they've they've got some apps launched. It works. There's the uh, I think the desktop versions are kind of web based, and and they're working on it. Some ex Google employees that left to uh, found something they intend to be an iMessage replacement. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting. So one thing that I, I and I, I hate to skip around because I know we've got some other uh, Android Nexus talk here, but I while we're on the on Google Voice, I wanted to point out something I did with it that I'm I'm really happy about. Okay. Uh, if if I, and I, I'm imagining there are probably some other people out there listening who are in this same situation where they had a landline, uh, they up either updated to uh, you know an internet service like UVerse or like one of the uh, ones that essentially makes it super cheap to just keep your landline. Either, yeah. either as a standard landline or as VoIP. In my case, you know, whatever. Well, yeah, it's a VoIP box plugged into your disconnected phone cables. <laughs> right. You know, and either way, it's there. It costs next to nothing. In fact, in the package deal, it costs less with it. So, right. <laughs> I, so I, I kept it, and and it's handy because the phone number is registered to I don't know all those stupid. Uh, anytime somebody wants a phone number, they get that one. <laughs> they want that it's not going to actually ring. Because yeah, I mean, just- I haven't let it ring the house in, I don't know, more than a year. So, right. I, in fact, there's one handset plugged into it. And, and actually, what I did, I, I there's one handset plugged in. It's not set to ring. But uh, pretty recently, what I did was I just, I just uh, 100% forwarded it pre-ring to, uh, to Google Voice. Right. Okay. And the the handy thing here is that uh, I'm able to go in and Google Voice provides some really powerful functionality for that. Like, for example, um, I can do all sorts of filtering based on uh, caller ID. I can send all of the un, unidentified people to voicemail hell. Um, Make a contact called solicitors. <laughs> well, it's just if you don't send caller ID information, you are going to mail period oh i see right you know, right, right. i mean number one nobody important has this number number two uh you know if you're not going to tell me who you are i'm not going to talk to you so there you go uh <laughs> or at least i'm not going to talk to you directly yeah uh number two is that you can as you mentioned you can go in and like i started just uh screening those calls you know first thing i did is send everybody to a standard unidentified voicemail box 
Then I started identifying the ones, and sure enough, like a bunch of them are people calling or misplaced collection calls. Somebody had the number before 10 years ago, and they're still hammering away at it. Uh, which you just can't ever stop. It's, it's life, you know. Once you, they have your number, then you're never getting away. That's right. Yeah. You get yeah. calls. Uh, you know, you can tell them, hey, there's that person. There's nobody here by that name. They don't care. They'll just keep on calling. Yeah, every few weeks, I apparently win the Ohio State lottery. So, right. Uh, so what I did is, yeah, I created, uh, uh, you know, a collection call, a, uh, you know, whatever th- calls that I don't want to take that I I want to know they call, but I don't want to talk to them. All of those, I identified them. I created a Google, I, a Google contact for them, and then I add them as additional numbers whenever I identify one. So what I do is I filter through these. I look at them every so often, go into Google Voice. I Google the number, huh, you know, which yep. tells me who it is, and then uh, I add it to the various contacts. Now, every now and then, you get an important one. Like, for example, my doctor's office called, you know, yeah. because we give them that number, too. Uh, I want that. So I went through and I set up a forward from them to my cell phone. So when the oh, so it rings your goes, cell phone, it rings my cell phone. If I don't answer my cell phone, it uh, it gives them a voicemail answer that tells them it's us. You know, so literally they get something that says, hi, this is Chuck. You know, uh, you've reached me, you know, leave a message and I'll return your call. You know, right. the other people get leave a message. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I don't know who you are, I'm not going to tell you who I am, you know. And uh, you can do all sorts of creative things. You can group them. You can give groups different behavior, different forwarding behavior, different calls, different notification processes. We don't need to go through all this, but I can tell you right now, uh, if you happen to have distinctive ring capability on your phone at home, you can really get janky with it. And uh, you can forward back to your home phone with the distinctive ring number. So you can have it ring the phone for certain people. Uh, right. Just get creative. Google Voice. It's free. Go get yourself one if you haven't already and uh, play around with it. It can be a real solution for some of these weirdo home phone issues. Yeah. And another one that's cool that I'm not sure if you're using yet is that you can actually also, if you... Uh, you you go in and register your cell phone as like the alternate contact for it. Uh-huh. And what you can do is that if you click on your cell phone number in the settings, uh-huh. there's a little help screen there that you can actually forward your voicemail for your cell phone to Google Voice as well and process all your cell phone voicemail through the same service. Yeah, I'm not doing that because I, because you've got it isolated. Yeah, but right. It, but you it, could that for some situations that could be real handy. Like for my burner phone, it's like I'd rather have oh, Google Voice yes. take it. To be honest with you, and <laughs> and honestly, I have thought really hard. Uh, I I think in the future I will likely, assuming it doesn't go backwards or anything, rely more heavily on it because. Uh, in what I'd really like to do is just, and I've thought heavily about this, is just start giving everyone the Google Voice number. And again, yeah. I don't give them a cell phone number. Don't give them a home phone number. Give them the Google Voice number and filter it and do what you want with it. You yeah, know, that way you just never have to worry about it. So it's funny. It's like it's the, the telephone line is that one piece of low tech that's still so very important to, to many people's lives. And this kind of gives you just a little bit of high tech, just enough to get to get it into to your glue workflow. it all together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's nice. It's, it's really neat. So we might have to come back to that and talk about it more if, if there's interest. If you're interested, let us know. Drop us a line, uh, Juan or Chuck at GalacticWaterCore.com. Oh, yeah. We can, we can nerd about this in we far could. greater detail. Yes. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, the Nexus 7 cast generated quite a lot of mail and response. Oh, yeah. So we, might, we might want to address some of those. 
Well, we got a few here. Um, we had a quick one from, from Aaron uh, that was just pointing out the, the kind of versioning differences between iOS and Android. Yeah, we had a nice little email conversation back and forth about, uh, about how that works. And, and uh, you know, he had kind of clarified, oh, yeah, it's, it's important how you look at the various version numbers. And, and I came back and said, I get that. The thing, my issue is, is getting stuck. And he's yeah. like, oh, hell yes. You know, I've gotten stuck a couple of times already uh, and, uh, you know, and, and so on. But I think, uh, you know, he had a really interesting take, which was that, you know, the original Nexus one was kind of the idea of saying, hey, look, and I'd forgotten about this. So true. Hey, look, people, you know, Android manufacturers, potential Android manufacturers. This is how it's supposed to work. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked. If you think about it, they went off and, and built devices like that. And it really did kickstart what could have been years of development or just failure. And well, uh, yeah, it. It, it, it kind of solved the problem that you wind up with 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 a Linux distro is that, the, you know, you, uh, there's just infinite customization yeah. that you can do to it. And and you combine that with a carrier's preference and a manufacturer's preference of making their own UI. And, and so all anything. of these Android devices are all over the place. And then suddenly Google comes along and say, by the way, here's what we intended it to be. And then all the carriers and manufacturers going. Oh, let's make it look a little more like that. <laughs> so what he's pointing out I, is that the Nexus 4, 7, and 10 is another version of that. And I think he's right. It's, it's essentially uh, Google coming along and saying, okay, guys, here's a little more direction. And, and the fact that they're so massively popular. What's interesting, the 10, somewhat popular. The 7, massively popular. The 4, massively popular even though the uh the four is not lte capable which sucks on a phone you know it's essentially got some pretty damn big limitations as far as phone go phones go and yet they can't keep the damn thing in stock it's so popular and i think what this has done is just stepped up and proven to the carriers that number one your customizations suck you know, you're going to have to start getting back toward the clean Android experience because if you do that, you're going to sell more of these things. Yep. Uh, you know, th you have these this cool hardware that kicks the crap out of the Nexus 4, and yet the Nexus 4 is smoking you because it runs plain Android. Well, and that's the <laughs> other side of it as well, is that <clears throat> it also proves that a lot of people want the latest Android. I yes, mean, the fact, yes, exactly. the fact that when we first started looking into this like a year ago, and I was, you know, baffled by all of the uh, yeah. Android devices at the at the Buy More and going, why are the majority of them running gingerbread, like 2.3? And, and it turns out that, you know, just these manufacturers and carriers get a little complacent in, in terms of, well, we developed the OS for this. And it, actually, when I started looking at apps, you see a lot of apps are, are out there that say this adds those functions that you've been wanting in android 4 but for 2.3 you know right, like the ability right, right. to edit contacts and stuff like that it's like oh really okay so you know with these these nexus uh, devices they're saying okay well here's the latest and you know i mean congratulations to all of those people over christmas that got android 4.1 but i mean we're already on to 4.2.1 with uh 
with that latest update the to Jelly Bean. being 4.2 because there are massive differences. Even Sean, oh, who, yeah. who professes like, I just don't really care, you know. Uh, yeah. he, he got a 4.2 device Sunday, and when he fired it up, the first thing he was like is, oh, look at this. Oh, look at this. You're like, yeah, <laughs> because it's a big difference, you know. Yeah. So so yeah, I think uh, I I like Aaron's take on this that that the Nexus devices, the latest round of Nexus devices, the four and the seven especially, are are guidance. They are are yeah. now. I hope that they continue to make them because, quite honestly, I would like to buy a Google. I would like to buy Google devices. I. I I think that it's easier to get behind the Google direction. It's easier to imagine the support you need coming from someone like Google. Uh, I think that um, I, I will say it right now. I think you'll agree. The Nexus 7 is is probably heads and shoulders the best tablet value available right now. Everybody I show this thing to, they instantly go, okay, so where did you get it and how can I get one? Yeah, it's it's stupidly awesome for the price and uh, i've run into i don't know how many people like i said sean has one he's really impressed with it uh you and i of course i ran into some uh i I spent some time with some friends this weekend uh, who are gwc listeners i showed it to my parents and even there who are very apple centric are like wow this is pretty nice yeah these these folks are you know are are uh, both accounts they're very frugal impressively frugal which is awesome uh and and well, this they, is right up their alley then. <laughs> well they had dumped their uh they had dumped their iphones uh picked up essentially just cheap ass prepaid phones that would junker little phones because they don't care they're literally using them for uh an occasional sms and uh and uh, uh you know and and talking right yeah, they get the little huawei uh brick phones whatever the, uh, yeah they're <laughs> drug runner phones you yeah. gotta understand here though i mean there are like like uh, metro pcs or whatever here does a 40 dollar unlimited plan Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we've got some, we've got equivalents in Canada to do that kind yeah, of low some cost. some badass uh, nothing. If you if you don't care about having the latest phone or that, you can get it for nothing. And they did that. Picked up two Wi-Fi Nexus sevens, and uh, and brought a prepaid kind of wireless service for Starbucks and some other stuff. I forget who through one of them because they There's discovered. Now. Yeah. yeah, they discovered that like ninety percent of the places that they want to use them outside their home or office are covered by those. Well, and especially for a tablet as compared to a smartphone, is that generally you're going to sit down somewhere to use it, and chances are that place has Wi-Fi. Maybe, um, but they they did a real examining of it, and, and yeah. they essentially cut significant enough money out of their monthly budget to almost pay for the Nexus 7s. I had another one that I wanted to uh, point out on that. I... Uh, uh, last Tuesday, I took my Nexus 7 into work with me. Right. I don't have Wi-Fi there, but I tethered it uh, because the Canadian data plans, they have a tethering option mm-hmm. on them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is nice. There's no extra cost on that, um, but <laughs> sounded like a salesman for my company. But um, I, when I connected it, it, it connected to Wi-Fi, worked really great, and I was able to quickly access the internet through the tablet. And I checked the usage at the end of the day, and it was minuscule. Like this, thi- I think unless you make it, that that Nexus is really kind of nice on a tethered plan. Like it, it doesn't seem to be sucking down data like an iPad would. Like when I connected it, and it was just like, ha ha, internet connection, download megabytes of everything. And I'm not sure if that was my setup or, 
or the uh, the device itself, but the the usage was very much a trickle and not a, a the floodgates are open kind of setup. I had a real I had a funny experience with that. I uh, oh yeah yeah well I have a I have an iPad Mini uh, that's on Verizon with LTE uh, in Dallas anyway. The which is where I was. The LTE is incredible. And, uh, well, it was one of the pilot cities, I think. Yeah, it is. And it's smoking fast. I mean, it's like stupidly fast. <laughs> like, I would say it, it, it approaches at times how the speed of my house, and I'm on Uverse with a well, wide open the theoretical connection. limit does mean, <laughs> yeah, it could do like 48 megabit uh, uh, synchronized. I mean, yeah. So, so uh, in reality, it actually feels faster a lot of times because. <laughs> The latency is lower, even though uh, the the top speed ends up being lower. Right. You know, so so if you downloaded a big file, which would be stupid, you're not going to really do that in general. Generally speaking, uh, it uh, it might be slower, but for getting your email, it responds faster. So anyway, first, yeah, really yeah. cool. Uh, but but I actually popped the 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 uh, Wi-Fi hotspot and connected my laptop to it. Fired oh. it up immediately. Went in to look and see what data was coming through. And watch data spewing through it at m- megabytes per second. <laughs> like I mean, it, like I blew through. I would say, oh, I don't know. And I, I have a a fairly large plan. Um, yeah. I think of the five gig plan. I, I can't remember if I'm on the five or ten gig plan. I think I'm, I'm on the five. It, yep. uh, man, I, I think I blew through two hundred megabytes in. I don't know, a few like minutes, five minutes. Yeah. At which <laughs> that's, point that's I just thing to watch out for. Now yeah. the thing is I immediately thought, okay, cool. So I went in and I started trying to find what was doing. It couldn't find it could be an OS update. I, it was a bitch. Bottom line is if you can't control that, you, it's pretty much unusable. So I'm going to have to spend a little time tweaking my laptop to be able to put it in a mode for that. Well, but, yeah, uh, either that or, or yeah, if there's some if there's some kind of app that lets you monitor the the data usage so that you can track down what it is that's doing it. Because yeah, if it's exactly. like an Apple update that's like, you know ten dot seven dot three is ready like, for download seven hundred megabytes. No, it used to not be a problem because you couldn't get enough of it to make a difference. But now you could blow through your entire <laughs> allocation in minutes if you were willing. So anyway, I uh, not what we were talking about, but it does lead to um, to a question that Aaron had, along with that awesome comment, which was that he was kind of interested in the comparison of the Mini and the Nexus Seven, specifically as to whether I favored the iPad. uh, And and again, I'm talking in non practical terms here. Uh, If you're if it's your own money and you're really and and you you know you're concerned with that, uh, the Nexus Seven is an incredible value that just smokes it in every way. Uh, If we're talking about cost is no object, uh, does the iPad gain favor because of the workflow and and my investment in Apple's ecosystem or for some other reason? And I think he hits the nail on the head. I I think there are a couple of things. Number one, the uh, the Build, I don't want to say the build quality because the build quality on the Nexus 7 is excellent. Fit and finish is great. It does not feel plasticky or cheap at all. I actually love um, the grip, the I do kind too. of rubbery grip on the back of the thing. Uh, I do too. Uh, from a like pure design standpoint, uh, there is no arguing that the Mini is absolutely freaking brilliant. Uh, it, oh, yeah. It yeah. is, per usual, they have figured out, just like with the Air, they have figured out absolutely how small it can be without being too small. Bring up Johnny Ive to tell you how. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he probably made 7,000 of them and, uh, you know, I don't know, did what with them, slept with them under, you know, Princess <laughs> in the Pea style under his bed or something. I don't know, whatever. But the bottom line is, holy crap. Um, it, it, 
it literally is the perfect form factor. Like it, it's solid. It's, uh, you know, it's very thin, but it's comfortably thin to hold in your hand. Not too thin. Uh, yeah. the, I can see why they have designed the, the smaller, um, uh, uh, smart case the way they did uh, the if you fi- after a while you discover some little things that somebody thought through like for example it covers the camera when you flip it around on the back but if you flip the first cover back it uncovers the camera right, right. you know it still makes the stands of both types blah 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 okay so form factor and and let's face it to the anodizing and everything it's brilliant I do kind of wish in a way sometimes like you said the grippy back on the Nexus 7 also, you can't scratch it. Uh, that would mm, be yeah. sometimes I think that might be a better idea. Uh, okay, that said, uh, it the OS is dramatically more polished. I mean, they have cleaned up 4.2 to the point where it is fast and usable. It does hang every now and then. Uh, the the mini does not, uh, at least not in the, my usage so far. And I've used both of, both of them um, pretty heavily. Right. Um, the workflow, absolutely. I use OmniFocus a lot, and, and I think well, we've talked about right this. There. Yeah, OmniFocus available only on the uh, uh, only in the Apple ecosystem, Apple as I mentioned. Messages, messages, as we talked about already significantly in this podcast, is a massive advantage uh, for us specifically. Uh, I, I think as a reader. Uh, it's fine either way. I, I think the four by three, I know we've heard a lot ask, of people. Yeah, the, uh, four by three versus 16 by nine. Oh, yes. Four by three, please. Because let's face it, everybody's like, oh, yeah, but there are these huge black bars. Okay. Okay. I agree. If all you do is watch movies on your device, um, you know, then by all means, get well, an I would say that, that is a legitimate use case is that it a is. lot of people will use these as a, as a media consumption device. And in that case, that's, that's what you want. It's smaller. You know, it's, you know, it's a little bit smaller and, and you're not going to care about the difference. If you that being do, said, a, a sheet of letter paper uh, in a PDF shows up pretty well on a four by three screen. Better, much better. Yeah. So the four by three is a better form factor. I think if you do things other than watch movies, which I do, I watch a movie every now and then, but most of the time I'm using this for business productivity, which means right. I'm doing email, which means I'm using OmniFocus, which means I'm browsing the web and you get more space. And, uh, you know, I got to say the, I still like the, uh, uh, the iOS mail app a lot better than I do the Gmail or the uh, Android email app or any of the alternatives that I've tried. Agreed. I know uh, in it's a just of- a little more polished. I mean, the, the features that I was complaining about, I can get around, but the fact that, it just I, when I'm in my email, I need it to just be quick and and kind of painless. And iOS does that, and the current email app there on Android just it's clunky. Yeah, I agree. Um, the the simplicity of the uh, of the mail app on on uh, you know on iOS yeah that's probably tied the, to the power it. of it makes it makes it dramatically better. Yeah. Um, that said, uh, again, let's just be clear: two hundred bucks. Yes, exactly. Um, this is all. We, we, this whole discussion here is all within the range of if money is no object. That's right. right. Which, I'm sitting here with a 32 gig iPad, uh, iPad Mini with Verizon, and uh, I mean it's really nice and all, but quite honestly, but with the protection plan and the cover and everything, it's nine hundred bucks. So you know, I mean, you yes, if you compare that to the two hundred dollar Nexus Seven, it's a little better. Um, on the other hand, uh, 200 bucks, you know, mm-hmm. let's not forget. 
Um, the, the, the question the, that people seem to raise a lot as well, too, is, is the kind of seemingly criticism of the iPad mini that it's, quote, not retina. But well, uh, what, what's your opinion of that screen? Man, I got to tell you, uh, now I've played with your retina. Uh, yeah, the, I have the iPad 3. Yep, I played with them in the store. I've played with yours a little bit, and I played with uh, other friends that have loaned me theirs. Yep. Um, it, it does look better, no lie. I mean, okay. it, it does look better, just like on the uh, on the iPhone. But the funny thing is, and I would have never guessed this in a million years, like if you'd have asked me before I had either, I had used either one, which yeah. it would matter more on, I'd be like, oh, it matters more on the iPad. Uh, dead wrong, in my opinion. <laughs> it's uh, It makes a huge difference on the iPhone because you're so often looking at really small things and that pixelation in it makes it really hard to figure out. Your We're, focus is a lot tighter on, yeah, on the iPhone than the iPad. Whereas yeah, that, make- that cleanliness of the type and so on and all that good crap makes it easier on the eyes and it's just a lot better. Uh, on the iPad, I discover that I just don't really care that much. I mean, hmm. it is nicer, but uh, the I don't miss it. You know, I don't feel like, wow, if only this had a retina screen, I would be really happy. The other thing that was a shocker and a question I get a lot, uh, it was great. I met with a professor that I'm working with uh, on, a, on a project this semester, and she's like, oh, is that a mini? I'm like, yeah. And, uh, she's like, she kind of looks at it. I'm like, you want to know if you can read things on it? Pull up. A, so I pop up and I pull up one of my papers that I'm working with and I hand it to her. I'm like, <laughs> find out. You know, I had to, to have fun, knock yep. yourself out, you know? And uh, the shocker for me is that I actually don't notice the difference. Like, I mean, it's funny, but like when I used, when I first picked it up, it seemed a little smaller, but when I did anything on it, I mean, it is the same resolution and it's not dramatically different. You know, I found that I was using it without thinking about it. Now, when I pick up the other one, I'm like, holy crap, why is this thing so big? (laughs) Yeah. It it feels like a laptop. I'm like, what the hell? I, I do notice that. And I just around the house and stuff, like if I'm watching TV on the couch, I I tend to prefer the uh, the the Nexus Seven form factor just or the uh, that seven inch form factor just because of the fact that you know you can sit there one handed and swipe around website yeah. or Google Reader or something like that and just it's a lot better of a casual uh, casual device. I agree, and and what's really funny is is because it's like Audra has an iPad too, which of course is essentially the same device. Well, it's yeah, ten twenty four by seven sixty eight, right? It's yes, the same res, same res, same processor. I mean, it's the same device. It's yeah. just bigger, right? Yeah. So I pick hers up, and the shocker is is because they're so similar. It's the same OS, you know. It's everything. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why is it this big? <laughs> you know, and that's the comparison. So. I know everybody is like retina, 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 retina. It needs retina now. You know what? If it made it any thicker, if the battery didn't last any longer, if it got heavier, I'd say screw it. Why have the net retina screen? Right. right? Yeah. Quite honestly, and and that's it. Uh, that's very true with the uh, Mac with the MacBooks. You know, like everybody's like, oh, should I have the retina MacBook? And you're like, hell no. Have I you mean, had a chance to go through any comic books on it yet? Uh, yes, they're fine. I mean, have you have you on the Nexus Seven? Uh, not yet, actually. No, <laughs> I have, and they're fine on it too. Oh. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I can read the whole page unless there's really small text, in which case you double tap and zoom in. Who cares? And yeah, I, yeah, that's a good point. And I've been reading, I've been uh, reading Iron Man on the uh, on my mini, and it's totally fine. So, 
Uh, and I would totally understand if you disagree, anybody listening, you know, if it doesn't work for you, uh, as, as always, your use case matters the most to you. I would say, go to the store, pick one up, navigate to find, find something ahead of time. That's whatever the hell you're concerned with on the web. Even if you need to put it on your own website, you know, uh, and then go down to the store, pick it up, navigate to that website, pull it up and read it. Take five minutes, read it. You know, yeah. the, the nice thing is the Apple store has 50 of them on display at any given oh, time. Paul. Yeah, and I, I think it really all comes down to use case. I mean, we got an email yes. from Jake that said uh, that he, he liked our approach of, you know, whatever fits into your use case is, is the way to go. Um, Hell yes. But he, he had gotten, you know, a laptop was too big for what he was doing, you know, being in other people's offices and that kind of stuff, being very mobile. Uh, the iPad was fine, but it was a little too big. And the, the Galaxy Note, that, that oversized phone, was a little too small. And the iPad mini actually... Uh, kind of fits his use case very very properly because you know he wants to be able to see pdf paperwork but small enough to fit into your hand and you know and into a pocket and just to be able to you know just kind of carry around but not be in the way and i actually noticed that going through the airport too is that i eventually just stashed the ipad away and was carrying around the seven <laughs> i'm telling you uh, i'm just like no this is getting a little annoying and the the seven i could just you know when i, when I was uh you know, filling out my customs form or something like that. I just shoved it in my back pocket and in, in my jeans. And I honestly think that my, uh, my Nexus is going to become the high risk device. Like, Oh, just the one you kind of throw around, take with you. Yeah. You know, we'll report back down the road as time goes by, but I think that's, what's going to happen. Like there are places that I don't, I mean, I, I, I treat the iPad more like a, a laptop in that I'm careful with it. I, uh, I don't take it certain places. I don't leave it in the car ever. You know, mm. like I I am so insane with theft because I've had important things that matter to me stolen. Um, I, if it's valuable, it's on my body or in my sight. I just don't trust anybody ever. Yeah. Uh, leaving your tablet, a high buck, $1,000 device of any kind in your car is just begging to have your car broken. And well, even the days that I go into my office, I'll if, when I if I take my iPad, I'll make sure to put it in my locking drawer. If I step exactly. away from my desk, it's, you got and the, it. the Nexus. It's like the Nexus fits into the 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 sleeve of of my of the you know the little CD sleeve of my laptop bag. Yeah, and I could just shove it in there. And well, and I be, think that's probably it. be okay. I'm going to treat it more like a Kindle. You know, it's going to be well, the high exactly. high risk. I'm not going to abuse it, but I'm not going to be quite as concerned. I'll take it places I wouldn't take the other one, and that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Well, there's one last thing that I wanted to get in here, even though I know we're running way long, which is that uh, 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 Soleil, longtime listener, um, he's been working with us for years, actually, with the various podcasts in a production role of, of different kinds. He uh, had been posting on Twitter some pictures. He had a really cool idea. This is kind of fun. I love using I stuff this. like this. In fact, I'm going to use this on Toolmonger a while back because I did a post like, I don't know, four years ago. Uh, with my original first-gen iPhone, because everybody was like, you could do this with your iPhone, all these crazy things you would never do with it. And I'm like, here's what you really do with your iPhone. And I did things like I used it as a square. (laughs) I remember that post. (laughs) Which I've actually done, you know, and the levels actually work. I've used it as a makeshift level before uh, and things like that. And and anyway, it was fun. He used it. um, He has an iPad and he has a uh, and, and he has an iPhone. And he was doing the standard label your – he moved into a new place recently, and he was labeling his circuit breaker box. 
And the trick is, oh, is that's fun. Normally you have a person run around for you and you're like, what, what, what came on? What turned off? You know, did I get it? And you flip around switches until you find something, right? Yeah. What he did was he was by himself, first of all. And instead of running back and forth, cause he's up in the Northeast, which means his crap's in the basement, right? Uh, mine's oh, just so as bad. Up and downstairs. Yeah, yeah, mine's downstairs. So if I'm going upstairs, it's kind of crappy. But what he did is he just put the uh, uh, put one of the devices in the house and FaceTimed the other device. Oh, so plug in the lamp, put the FaceTime camera on it, yeah. go to the breaker box, look at and it, then flip switches the until ca- you see it go off. You know, <laughs> label it. That's, go that's upstairs and move it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it was smart. I, th- I it's just one of those things. You're like, I don't know why I didn't think of that. That's a that's a damn smart way of doing things if you've got it. So, yeah, that's that. That, that was a pretty good. That's a pretty good use. Well, I apologize for. I guess I had too much coffee. I apologize for uh, rambling so much. Anything you want to add here? Wrapping up. I think I think you said it all, <laughs> <laughs> and some more probably. Th- thanks to everybody who's. Uh, we we had a lot more uh, feedback on the Nexus Seven um, uh, than than we got around to, and just thank you to everybody who uh, has kind of embraced us into the Android community oh, and kind of given us you. direction because it's been a lot of help to kind of get everyone's perspectives on this, and uh, we're. You know, we've been previously accused of being very iOS friendly, and uh, I think we're kind of swinging around to the Android side of things, but I think we're going to try to balance it back out a little bit here. Our interest has always been there, but we just didn't have the cash to invest in both ecosystems. I mean, we're not, uh, you know, we're not Gizmodo. We're not. Yeah, these aren't demo units we're no, using. <laughs> we these are them. ones purchased out of out of hand, definitely. So yeah, and uh, and we're going to continue to try to do that as much as we can, and. Uh, uh, anyway, I just wanted to say that uh, we definitely uh, appreciate your app suggestions and any experiences that you have. Again, Chuck at GalacticWaterCore.com, Juan at GalacticWaterCore.com. Uh, if you'd like to call in, we're, we uh, will be playing calls as well, 214-296-9229. Uh, you can leave us a message and we can uh, put it in a future podcast. Uh, one funny thing for those who were uh, the, who had suggested that uh, we needed more balanced coverage, which we very much wanted to do. There's only so much you can do without having one. Uh, great example of this was in uh, in the GWC podcast this week. I actually reported on uh, uh, a change in the delivery schedule for the uh, Android build of Baldur's Gate. Oh, nice. Yeah, totally. So anyway, it's stuff like that that you can now do because you've got your uh, Nexus. (laughs) Damn right. So uh, keep it coming and we'll see you next week. From everyone here at Modern Geek and GWC, thanks for listening. If you have something to add to the show, a news tip, feedback on anything we've discussed, or just some random awesomeness, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. You'll find other GWC podcasts, as well as the friendliest people in geekdom, on the GWC website and forum at galacticwatercooler.com. And don't forget, financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.